all the time it takes to just like get to right like the approval process of being able to send out a check and not to mention checks suck all right welcome to another episode of fi today the podcast where we talk about all things banks credit unions payments and more uh, again my name is kevin miyamoto also known as moto uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, co-founder, CEO of Identify, we have a great episode lineup for you all today. Uh, she is truly an expert in both AI and instant payments. So please give a warm round of applause to the one and only payments Elsa, Dr. Angela Murphy. So Angela, I know, you know, right now you're a VP of business development over at Photon um, and, um, you know, would love to just start out the episode today just talking about uh, how you got to where you are today, your background and, you know, why you're so interested in instant payments. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of have a bit of a non-traditional story as it relates to getting into this industry. I've been in the payments industry about five years now. I started out specifically in B2B payments and strategic partnerships, and that was a really great way for me to learn about the industry and look at some of the problems that corporates and banks are facing when it comes to payments. Um, but I had originally come out of academia, so that's where the PhD thing comes in, is that I'd been in academia for a few years and was teaching, consulting for nonprofits, and just realized I wanted something different. So I dove headfirst into financial services, which... Uh, I, there's not a whole lot of, there may be like dozens of us or something, yeah. uh, but that's kind of how I fell into it. And then of course, you know, after that role did some work in e-commerce and then moved on to being here at Photon because I am really excited about artificial intelligence. I've been here for a little over two years. So like I've been talking about artificial intelligence for a while. So now that everybody's really excited about chat GPT and the implications of art, artificial intelligence. I'm now coming out and talking more openly about how it can improve payments. So, uh, non-scripted question. I'm going to throw this out there. A, what's your stance on AI? Do you think it's going to take over the world in the next five years? Is humanity doomed? What do you think? I don't think it's going to take over the world. It's, I, there's a lot of talk tracks out there right now that are really based in fear and artificial intelligence and AI technology and AI based platforms shouldn't be something that we fear because it's a way to give humans superpowers. AI can basically help you offload the mundane tasks within your job that you don't want to do anyway. And then you can focus on things that you like to do more. And that's what I've been telling people the last several weeks, because I'm getting that question almost daily. Yep. Yep. And then I got to ask you too, I know you go by Payments Elsa. How, how did that, how did that even start? So it started last year. I was in Disney World for the FIS conference. It was the first time that I was speaking on a panel. I was a little nervous, but also really excited. And we were at the Swan and Dolphin and they have karaoke. And so I was doing karaoke with some of my industry colleagues, nice. as one does. And we were also talking about payments stuff. Hey, quick, what's your karaoke song? Wait, my go-to? Um... If it's a ballad, it's probably Speechless by Lady Gaga. Um, I've also been known to do kind of like some rock 
music, like Pat Benatar, Heartbreaker. Okay. And then okay, I can nice. sing basically I can every it. Disney song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that I ended up singing a Disney song. I ended up singing I Won't Say I'm in Love from Hercules. And just at some point in the conversation, um, the next day when we were all talking about it, they were like, wait, so what are you like payments Elsa or something? <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'm going to take that. Thank you. And so I just ran with it, put it on my LinkedIn, and now the rest is history. I feel like I need some kind of nickname. We have Payments Elsa. We have uh, Payments Professor. We have Payments Jesus, right? Um, <laughs> I, I was forgot kind of, about that fun. one. I was talking with uh, my wife about having you on the show. I'm like, I'm going to have Payments Payments Elsa on the show. I'm like, maybe I should start calling myself Payments John Wick. Uh, and, my, <laughs> and, of course, my daughter's big into... The little mermaid right now and so she's always like daddy looks like ursula and my wife goes oh what about payments ursula and i'm like oh, that's, oh yeah, that's anyways so uh payments also i love it and uh totally uh can relate to your stance on ai i think that it will be a tool to really help automate a lot of those mundane tasks so folks can focus on other you know value-added tasks right mm -hmm. um you know, and that that said, I know you've been speaking a lot right now about the intersection of payments and AI. So let's 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 dive into that. Um, where do you think the market is today? Uh, what are some of the challenges out there? Uh, just you know, would love to to pick your brain on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, for one thing, the United States is very far behind our peers across the globe in terms of having instant payments be readily available. The EU's had it for like 20 years. Um, and so we're really behind in having that be an available rail. I Now that's changing because, you know, in the last couple of years, TCH has created RTP. We have FedNow that's going to be launching next month and rolling out throughout the rest of the year. So those rails are becoming available, but a lot of what I'm hearing from people is that they don't know what this payment method is or how it's useful. And so we're really struggling with education in payments right now. There are practitioners, bankers, financial services providers going to industry conferences and we're having these conversations about this payment rail and this emerging payment rail. And you'll have at the end of the panel, a banker in the back of the room raises their hand and says, what's RTP? Mm -hmm. What's an instant payment? How do I? And so when you have these practitioners and these professionals, even within financial services that are still struggling to grasp the use cases for faster payments and for instant payments, then that shows me that there are more things that I need to be out there saying and doing as somebody who's an educator at heart. Um, well, for sure, for sure. I mean, and we, we've done a couple sessions together where we'll ask the audience and just say, hey, you know, show of hands, do you think as a corporate, you know more about payments than your bank partner? And almost always it's 50% or more, their corporates think that they know more about banking and payments than their actual bank partner, which I think is, is really telling. You know, mm -hmm. and from the FI side, how can you possibly think that your, you know, banker or your uh, treasury consultant can articulate the value of faster payments when they themselves really don't know it, right? So I think there's, mm -hmm. a, they, I agree with you, I think there's a really big gap there. Yeah, there's definitely an education gap, and it's something that I'm trying to solve for day to day. Um, and one of the things that I'm doing around education, kind of helping people see the use cases for instant payments as I've been doing podcasts like this, 
been going to industry conferences. And then within that experience, I realized that there isn't really a go-to work or a seminal work about faster payments. There's not like a textbook to help people see on a basic level, what is it? Who are the players? How do you implement it? What about fraud and risk, et cetera? And as I thought more about this and was communicating with our colleagues in the industry, the light bulb went off about seven months ago, eight months ago. And when I was at Money 2020, I decided I was going to write a book about instant payments um, and make it like an edited anthology. So we have a team of about eight people that are each contributing chapters based on their expertise in particular topics about instant payments. And we'll be releasing that book a little bit later this year. We're working on the cover design right now. I think we might have landed on a title, but I'm going to hold back until I until I see everything in place. Okay. But it, it's going to be FIs. It's going to be financial services providers, tech companies, startups. Everybody is going to be at the table in that conversation. And then you could just click buy this book. And now you have a resource that you can use to educate your teams about instant payments. So everyone listening, all five of you or however many, <laughs> buy this book when it comes out and make sure you you know put it in your LinkedIn and- Oh, I'll you know, do a huge well, but... What we're planning to do is we're going to have a QR code and you can just scan the QR code and it'll take you straight to the online store to buy it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And I think having just a, a resource like that and just to help educate the FI, especially the FIs out there, there's a such a such a big gap. I mean, if you were to pull FIs today, you know, what's the difference between RTP versus FedNow versus Zelle versus Venmo? You're gonna get varying answers. And mm -hmm. again, how can you possibly expect them to articulate that value to their customers when they, they don't know it themselves? And they haven't been educated. It's not their fault. The FIs mm -hmm. haven't educated them enough about it. And it's also interesting to me too, I do advise a few banks, uh, you know, just kind of off the record because I work at a fintech and I don't have, I'm not beholden to some of the same constraints, right? And I've been consulting with some bank presidents lately about their payment strategy within their bank. So these are smaller banks, like sub 10 billion in assets, but they're trying to figure out how to punch above their weight, mm -hmm. especially with everything that happened with SVB and First Republic earlier this year. There's there's these institutions out there that are trying to find ways to drive a wedge into companies to provide them with payment services. And they're trying to figure out the best way to do that. And mm -hmm. so this is kind of my couple of steps that all people can take, whether you're a corporate or your financial institution to understand how to create a payment strategy. So, and this has come out of like these conversations, right? Which is super interesting. So the first thing that I ask a corporate or a financial institution is how many invoices are you processing every quarter, let's say, and how many checks are you processing every quarter? Because both of those things have dollar amounts tied to them because most of that is happening on paper. We're mm -hmm. still at, you know, about half of business to business payments in the United States being transacted on a paper check. We've got huge issues with check washing and fraud there because it's getting lost in transit and the money's getting stolen and nobody knows because it's basically in the ether. So I ask financial institutions, okay, look at your treasury portfolio. Um, how many invoices are you handling on behalf of your clients? How many checks are you processing? 
What is the verticalization of your treasury portfolio? So are you really heavy in manufacturing and healthcare or are you more mom and pop retail? Because mm-hmm. that changes the answer, that changes the answer and it changes the profile of how you would address providing them better payment services. So once you have those rough numbers from your treasury or from your back office, then you can calculate how much money you're spending processing paper payments. Mm-hmm. And, 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 the, and the paper payments too. I mean, I know that there's a, there's a dollar amount associated, but you know, in terms of like the cost of the check stock, the postage, all, all of mm-hmm. that. And then you have to add in all of the time it takes to just like get to write like the approval process of being able to send out a check and not to mention checks suck. Like the experience <laughs> is awful. I, I hate like waiting around you know, as a recipient of a check. Well, first off, I don't have any checks, right? Me neither. I haven't oh, written a check in five years. Yeah. It's, it's always such a pain in the butt when I have to, like, I, I bought my kids a playset um, that's going to be installed next week. And of course my contractor is like, Hey, uh, I need a check. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have checks. He goes, okay, well, I don't accept any other payment. I'm like, sure. I'll go, I'll go get a check. So I had to actually order checks from my FI and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. waiting for my checkbooks to come. So not only waiting to write a check, I'm waiting for my checkbooks to come so I can write a check. Okay. Yes. That's the first issue. And then if I'm receiving a check, I like, I get the check. I have to then deposit it. Do I get it next day? Sometimes the funds are held. It's just a pain. It's like, so I'm, you know, I know you know this too, but F5, they think about the actual cost of the check and then the experience and the the time it takes to actually process those checks. It just is, it really adds up. There's a lot of soft dollar costs associated with it. Yeah, there definitely is. And that's why I ask those questions first of corporates or of financial institutions, because you have to know where you're starting mm-hmm. before you can chart the path forward to where you want to go. So if you don't know how much... Looking it- like a true scholar. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you don't know how much your payments behavior is costing you, that's the first thing you have to do you have to find out how much each payment you are taking and receiving is costing you, even at just a high level, so that you can analyze ways to digitize and streamline those payments processes, which improves your customer experience, generates revenue, improves the bottom line. It has all of these advantages if you have a clear picture of which levers you need to pull to incentivize certain payments behaviors from your clients and then to increase the efficacy of your relationships with your suppliers as well. It's all a value chain that's interconnected mm-hmm. through payments. Well, and I think the other thing you you talked about uh, payments also was just the industry specific or verticalization. So figuring out not just at a macro view of all the different check payments, but okay, for my manufacturing portfolio or my um, you know life sciences portfolio, here's the volume of paper payments. Um, In what scenario would they want to process and move to digital payments, right? So you're not just having a blanket vanilla approach. Mm -hmm. It's more about targeting specific industries and coming up with a plan to say, hey, listen, for this subset of organizations, here's the flow of how they process payments. Let's create products and services to support that specific vertical or industry, not Mm -hmm. just, hey, here's you know, access to RTP, you guys figure it out. It's, it's a much more prescriptive approach, which is, which is perfect. Mm -hmm. 
And it can be dynamic if you, as a financial institution, partner with financial technology companies. Like when a financial institution takes the approach that you just said, then they also can have this kind of bench, if you will, of fintechs where they can plug and play those services and not actually have to develop the tech themselves. So then mm -hmm. it all comes full circle and everyone's at the table and it's a win, win, win. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess in terms of, so in best practices and FI goes through this analysis, um, uh, starts to build out a product and services for this vertical. Do you have any uh, best practices or advice to share of how to actually roll out that new service for that vertical? So yes, there, there are a few things that you can do. So if you're a financial institution, your treasury services professional, and you're trying to help one of your corporates, so let's say they're in manufacturing to understand their payments behavior, but then also to provide them with a more digital or automated payments method, um, you need to know why they're transacting on so many checks. Because while the number of checks went down last year, the amount for each check went up which shows us that like in B2B, there's still this huge need for checks. And part of the reason for that is data. Mm. And so this is where I kind of get into my little artificial intelligence side of things. If you're a financial institution, you see that you have manufacturing clients within your portfolio that are transacting on checks and you want to move them to RTP, you're going to have to be able to share with them how it's cheaper, how it's faster, and how you're going to make sure that they can still get reconcilable data on both sides of the transaction, mm -hmm. because that's really where the value is in a payment. It's what you're paying for. So mm -hmm. if you don't have the what you're paying for and you don't know why you're making this payment, then the payment basically becomes meaningless. Mm -hmm. Well, can, I totally agree. And let's let's elaborate a little bit for the listeners out there. So when you say all of the other things that you're getting with the payment, in 30 seconds, what does that mean? Is it invoice detail, addenda information? Can, can you just talk about all of that? Mm -hmm. Yes. And in, in my experience, no two invoices look the same. And when you are executing a payment, you want to know name, address, vendor, if there's a purchase order number associated with it. And then the line item level detail is really where financial institutions, if they're able to provide that detail within an instant payment, that can immediately overtake ACH because with ACH, I could pay you $500 right now and I won't know why. Like, let's hmm. say you gave me, like I bought something from you, like I bought these headphones that are sitting next to me from you and I send you $500, neither one of us knows what it's for. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a huge gap in payments, behaviors and payments modalities currently. And it's something that I genuinely believe that artificial intelligence can help solve for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and and speaking about the AI, so um, let's let's talk through that just to connect all the dots. So you know, let's say that you send me a payment for those headphones, like awesome headphones or whatever, right? And um, you know, I put in there uh, information about the headphones. How how would AI in that sense help me then automate that whole posting process? So what I really like to think of is like this simple user experience. Like everybody has one of these. So what is that? I've never seen that before. <laughs> so it's like Alienware, um, not a plug for that company, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the way that AI can help solve for some of these issues and pain points is to give the ability, like let's, I could take a picture of the invoice. 
I could take a picture of the receipt that you give me and then AI can read that in the application. So imagine, imagine this, you go and buy something or I buy something from you and you give me a receipt. I take a picture of the receipt in my banking app and in near real time, the information that's on that receipt gets pulled into that transaction data in my online banking. So you could open your credit card statement or you can open your online banking. And for each individual transaction, it says you spent 3647 at Target and it was mostly ice cream for your dog, which is literally what it is for me. If it's <laughs> That's not, not to say that me, I did that last Friday or not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like other times it's hair care products, right? But then you yeah. start getting that granular level of detail about what people in your portfolio are paying for as a financial institution and as an individual that's going to allow me to better understand my own financial behavior. And like, maybe I need to rebudget around something because I am spending too much money on ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't think that, that there's such a thing as that, but maybe somebody thinks there is. Well, no, but you, you just, you hit it on the head. I mean, for, for FIs, they're sitting on so much data and, you know, from, from our perspective, right. You have a lot of data out there. Maybe you're doing some basic um, analysis of the data um, or maybe it's complex. I, I don't know. But the challenge there is that to go from this, you know, large, you know, the big BI tool or a huge analysis down to the client facing rep, down to the actual client, it, there's, it's a huge game of telephone. A lot of that information is being lost, right? Mm-hmm. What I love about what you just described is you using, using AI to, you know, perform that instant analysis and giving that user direct advice or feedback on their buying behaviors to provide value right away. So you're not, mm-hmm. you're kind of uh, skipping that whole game of telephone and providing uh, advice uh, in, in value right to the user. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we see this with corporates as well. Like remittance advice is the most valuable treasure trove of data in commerce, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the world has been so reticent to leave the check behind because there's not a payment modality that I have found that provides that level of detail without some type of human interference. And it gets back to that time is money and there's slippage there. I mean, if it's a paper PDF and you're typing that in by hand and three people have to touch it before it goes into the ERP and then you send an ACH or a check, you're already looking at two weeks worth of not knowing where that money is from one mm-hmm. piece of paper. Mm-hmm. 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 I t- totally agree. And I guess for, you know, as we wrap up here, a lot of FIs might think that this is some big, they'd love to, to give this to their customers or their members. And they see this as a big daunting task, which I know it's not, but you know, I work at a FinTech, you, you also, but you know, what advice can you give to those FIs who say, Hey, this is a really good idea. Uh, I think it'd be really hard to implement and give to my customers. Like what, what is your advice around that? So I think that it's important to look at who's done it well, because there are banks that are already on the RTP network. There are already banks that are going to be kind of in this beta or earlier rollout for fed now. And there are processes and prescriptions in place for how to implement RTP or instant payments or FedNow within your financial institution. So for me, my advice is to look at your portfolio, look at who needs it the most and what customer problems you're trying to solve with it, and then create a plan of action that's crawl, walk, 
run in terms of rolling it out across your portfolio. I think a lot of times when I've heard trepidation around adopting new technologies or new payment methodologies at financial institutions is because they want to do everything everywhere all at once. And that's not really the best way to serve your customers. So that's also what I've been talking, like when I've been consulting with these FIs, that's what I say is like, you can implement RTP in FedNow, but you have to do six other steps prior to that for you to understand what it's going to take for you to turn that lever on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I could could not agree with you more in terms of crawl, walk, run. It's they tend to FIs tend to make these projects, these really big projects that it's going to take twelve months to implement. And with today's technology, you know, I'm of the mindset of you uh, you put it out there, maybe in a month or so, get feedback, reiterate, put it again in a month out there, get feedback, reiterate, and so. It's this rapid improvement, and eventually you're getting real user feedback, and then eventually you're you're running because you've uh, tailored and enhanced the product so much after those twelve months. So, um, to- totally agree there. Uh, any last words before I let you run out of here? Ooh, that's always a tough one. Um, for anybody who is really fearful about what's coming up with artificial intelligence and with instant payments, uh, with all that fear that's going on around it, make like Elsa and let it go. <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, <laughs> well, hey, Angela, thank you so much for joining today. We really appreciate it. And uh, to all you listeners out there, we'll see you on the next episode.